Welcome to the family with Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Brandt. We'll be right back. Giovanni Rocco, our special guest, Kostaki's on the second hour. We're loaded for bear. That's all I know. Especially since we won. Hee <laughs> hee. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the Vikings. Ugh, that was oof. That was hideous. So we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. You want to do a live one? Sure, we can do a live one. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Sitting in the light today, person next to me on the cell phone. Mm-hmm. They're just on the cell phone all the time. I know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's disgusting. You got to stop it. It's it's scary, you know, and people know. are, are um, causing all sorts of collisions out there because they're not paying attention and going way too fast, and people on cell phones are not helping. Catherine and I are going through a construction zone on the way over here. Uh, we're going we're going north, and the construction is south. There's somebody coming south. Doesn't wait for us. Just pulls right in front of Catherine in her lane. Yep. Wow! Around a corner. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. Yeah, it was. A hit. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even think for a second to stop and let us go through, even though we had the right of way. Uh, it's they didn't even think of it. Not good. Not yeah. paying attention. It's disgusting. Brett, and it's Bryant. <laughs> Oh, you didn't go with your usual one, Brad, Sean, Brian. I like it. Walzer, dud, good. I knew he'd get to it sooner or later. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Does anybody want to hear our Frozen Broadway musical review? No. Of course I do. I asked about it. It was great. It really was. It was really great. It was a giant pain in the ass. 
in a Go lot ahead. of ways because you have to get there really early and pre-check for you know covid oh, vaccine cards oh. and all that crap Fun. and then um so you have to be there super early to do that then we went over to rock bottom brewery oh okay. thinking that when you look at the the restaurant 90 percent of the tables were empty that you could get in yep we're in a line about what do you think 20 people deep yeah that took maybe 15 minutes to get seated because everybody's so shorthanded. Mm. We get in, and they're like, do you have a reservation? We said, no. And she said, well, it's a 45-minute wait. Oh. oh. But this guy who was seating people said that we could, he would seat us. So we're in the bar area. Yeah. So we get in there, and what it was an hour and ten minutes, and we finally said we need the bill because we can't eat. Well, we got we got because <laughs> we didn't get any. We, we got didn't get Fon's food. food. Yeah, we did get food. Well, okay. we got Fon's food. We got my food, but oh yeah, you Sage got never food. got his, and I you never, never got, got your burger. Mine. But then the waitress was like, "Everything's been comped because they ended up having to oh. comp." One well, of the cooks wow. didn't show up, and so wow. and then she gave us. Glasses of wine that were like these, they were a fish bowl I mean, of wine. It was like 10, 15 ounces of wine. I was like, what is happening? It's like getting very a drink large. up at, uh, at the Cinema Grill. Do you ever get one of those cocktail no, things? No. They come out in like fish bowls. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. basically what this was. It was yeah. humongous. We were like, uh. So at least they comped it, but we didn't yeah. get to eat. Hmm. So. Oh, we did and get Sage out, didn't get to eat? Was, well, he Sage, got to eat he, some of yours. Yeah. Did he make it to the play? That's the question. He made it. He, he, he did. Was, so invested. Wow, nice. In Frozen the God, musical. He was, he like, was leaning crabby forward. on the way there. So crabby. But then he ate and then he was fine. But like anytime Where something did he happened. Eat? He didn't get to eat a rock no, bottom. No, he did eat. We got I got a flatbread and then Fawn got a <laughs> Two little Two tiny personal pizza. pizzas for four people. Hey, better perfect. nothing. I mean it was yeah, it was something. We survived. Giovanni's phone is going right to voicemail. Let me see here. But Sage would be leaning in Yo, and something would happen and you'd be like after the tone. Yeah. Well no. Maybe you should text Cassie. Pick it up. He'd be leaning in and something would happen. He'd be like, oh, no, Anna. Yeah, he was really into it. it was just, and then Olaf would make jokes and he'd be like, oh, my God, he's so You know, I think we should turn to uh, a young man in studio right now and he can Uh explain it to us in Mm -hmm. Frozen. Yeah, Tevin showed up. How is I'm it here. possible that a black man? Oh God! I knew you were going to bring that up to <laughs> two white children. How'd that happen? It was a black you know, the, man and an Asian woman. She was Asian. She was Asian. Mm, I didn't know she was Asian. Yeah, it's, you, Asian. you have to you have to abandon your social norms mm-hmm. when you're going to the theater. Yeah, there's yeah, like a sure Punnett Square. I'm sure that somewhere explains <laughs> yeah, how, how, how it can happen. I didn't know Anna and Elsa were adopted. And also, like walking in on the back half because sometimes you went to Rock Bottom Brewery, didn't get your food before the show. Yep. As somebody that's worked downtown yeah. during like theater oh God, rushes at a restaurant, sounds horrible. it is a nightmare. I'm like, sure it is. Getting, terrible. Especially when there's like kids involved, because yeah. then there's just extra steps and all of that. But yeah, oh, that yeah. sounds like a very familiar yeah. thing that I've had but to we're deal like, with. We whereas, sat down, we were like, we will have this food immediately. Like we were just like, we want to mm-hmm. get in and out. We don't want to bother you. And they're like, you. you're going to the play. It's going to be yep. it's going to be slow. It'll be a good half an hour before you get the food. It was an hour and mm-hmm. ten minutes. Oh, and then what? Because <laughs> one of the cooks didn't show up, and she was like. Also, I yeah. don't believe that one of the cooks didn't show up. Yeah. That is the most common excuse that I've told oh, to millions really? of yeah, people. Like, yeah, wait, so you've lied multiple times about oh, this? Oh, a thousand percent. It's not my fault. <laughs> it There's wasn't a cook even. In the back. You're it gonna wasn't go check. full. No, it was close. not full though. So I really yeah. do think the sun staff oh, okay. didn't so show up. So why yeah. is it so slow if there's not a, if everybody's oh, there? There's, it's, it's the service issue. There's a lot of just shenanigans that go in, in the back of the house. And, and you're in talking general. before COVID. 
Oh yeah, before COVID. So like, this is a long-standing problem. Yeah, no, oh. no, no, no. This is yeah. Like, oh really? Oh yeah. There, you blame it on whoever the guest can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a sense. A thousand oh, percent. Oh, like, like okay, it's not my fault. Like I'm not gonna own. Like people aren't just gonna own up to like, oh yeah, I forgot to put your order in. No, it's the cook in the back. He, Did... grandma passed away. <laughs> Emotional distress. Yeah, we're just gonna it's pass the buck. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but the play was great. It was great. The dealing with going to well, a play is not it. fun. I'm very excited about that. Yes, oh, he absolutely. Like, he loved it. He was all I was very worried that he wasn't going to want to do this. Many was, years ago, I took the boys to the Wiggles in St. Paul at the, the Civic Wiggles. Center. Oh. The Wiggles. Mm-hmm. That's And they horrible. both refused to walk. <laughs> yes. They both refused to walk. So I had to carry both of them. Oh, my God. Like, Eight what is with little kids? Have they no gratitude? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm, I'm quite well aware of the of the issues of getting them in. God. And then they enjoyed it. They had a great time, but oh, they, they just both refused to we, walk. We get into the parking lot. And what what was he saying? He's saying in this little tiny voice. I guess I have to go home now. I guess I'll just stay in the car. <laughs> I guess we're, st- oh guess we're gonna have to go home now. Yeah, Why did like, he have oh, to stay weird. in the car? Oh, he was super mad that we had a little mad. bit of traffic getting into downtown Minneapolis. And oh, I'm like, wow. oh my God, he's Bop Bop's grandson, <laughs> right well, there. Where did that come from? The whole thing was, <laughs> we had to sit through a light, forget it. <laughs> the whole thing was is that he could not tolerate that there was any time in that day that he wasn't in Frozen the Musical. <laughs> like, he got up, got dressed, wow. and then went in my car. I and he think... sat in my car for 40 minutes by himself, because he was just like, when can we go? Well, we need to go. What? We and need to go. And then by the time we met her, because I was like, oh, we have to go to the podcast studio parking lot, because we met here, and then drove downtown. It's like, And he was like, not the podcast studio it was like no we're gonna get nana and then we're gonna go and remember we have to check in we have to get lunch and then we'll go to the play and then yeah and then there was tr- three minutes of traffic yeah. and then he just was like oh i guess we have to go home <laughs> and he was drama wow. king extraordinaire it was, it was and then he I got some like, food oh, and then he was fine you? It's shocking. I don't Me? Know. 100%. I don't know. I'm not invested in this deal. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go to Frozen. You did. Yeah. The whole day going to Venom. When are we going to get there? When are we going to go? When are we going to get yeah. there? Yeah. Where's Michael Bryant to go to Venom? We're already late. We're already late. Yeah. By the way, you're 0 for 2. One more, and I'm never going to with you again. I didn't make the call on that one. Oh, oh yeah. Not a good Your movie. review of the movie. <laughs> Venom's not a good movie? Horrendous. It made, I don't me, laugh. It made me laugh a couple Spider-Man. times. Spider-Man. It was it was oh, tough to hear him talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so was. Be, it there was. were things that he'd say you couldn't tell what he said. Oh, okay. And then he, do you know, there were a lot of quotes from other movies in that yeah, that were, he used. Yeah. So, oh, no, there was. So you, have to watch, you have to watch. You should watch yeah. the series before not, you'll know. No, what's going it, on. there isn't. It's, it's not, not got nothing. No. It's like murder. Venom? He uses words from other other things. Spider Man wasn't in it. They no. they've kept Spider Man separate oh, from it, what, even what though it? he came from Spider Man. Venom is it's, a Spider Man yeah. character. He, like, well, oh, he's uh, he's Spider Man's black suit that yeah. came from the alternate universe. Yep. Oh, well, yeah. Cool. And the first movie was good. <laughs> the first movie was good. The Got second it. movie was not as good. It's Maximum it was not as well, good. So it made me laugh sometimes. So Sage <laughs> wants to be. There is a children's show, an animated show on Disney Plus called Spidey and His yep. Amazing Friends. It's mm-hmm. a child Spider Man. Right. Right. And he has like a there's a girl one named Ghost Spider and then mm-hmm. there's Spin and they're like you know 
kids that save the day. And Sage wants to be Spidey for Halloween, not Spider-Man. But Spidey. And I'm like, there are no Spidey costumes. They're all Spider-Man costumes. The only difference and, is that Spidey right? has a gigantic head. Yeah, Spidey so. has like a huge head. And I'm like, I don't think he'll care. But there are so many different colors of Spider-Man. There's like oh, a yeah. dark oh. blue one, a black one, a silver. I'm like, what really? is going on? How did I? I thought yeah, it was so. always royal blue and red. Nope. No. No? There's okay. a lot of different spider And this Venom person, yeah, they're in there. And then Spin is the blue one. I'm, oh. it's, it's a lot. And it's really <laughs> difficult to find a Spider-Man costume right now. Is there? Apparently. Really? Hmm. I've been looking, and I cannot find one in his size. And I'm like, well, I have Even on the too. interwebs? No. Are you trying to find Target. one to return? I guess you're going to have to whip out like that old sewing no. machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Joanne Fabrics is I'm not calling your name. Absolutely not. No, thank what you. kind of mother are you? <laughs> Terrible one. The <laughs> worst. I had a friend when I was a kid named Terry. I can't say his last name because I'd be ratting out his family. Right. But he wanted to go as, I don't know, as Superman or one of his. I want to. And he's, the kid's like eight or nine, something like mm-hmm. that. Probably think it was eight. We were eight years old at the time. He wanted to go as, I think, Superman. And his dad was a drunk. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> so you're be, talking about my brother. I mean, do, <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, hey, Terry, so we just, we just, you know, we got to go with that. Dad was a booze on, right? And I was over at his house, and Terry kept bringing up his dad. We have to go to the store. I have to get my Superman costume. I, I haven't got it yet. I got to go to the store. Let's go to the store. And he kept doing it. Finally, his dad got up and goes, Jesus. <laughs> goes in the other room, finds this ratty ass shirt, gives it to the kid, and goes, Just go as a bum. <laughs> <laughs> We all went. We were hobos. hobos. We were all hobos, hobos. all the time. You could always be a hobo. <laughs> you could always be a... You smudge something on your face. Oh, you got to put the stuff on your face. We had this <laughs> weird hat that was plastic, and oh. we were a hobo. No. Did you have the cigar? <laughs> no. Did the cigar no. come with the hat? No. no. I think I was carrying around like a so. cardboard sign. Wait, where are we? One of those top hats yeah. where the top is going like Yeah, this. like sideways. Yep. 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 I believe who's, we have Giovanni on the phone. Who's that? Buster... Buster the, Keaton? Buster Keaton. Was it Buster Keaton, the actor that always paid bums? The Tramp? No. Yeah, Who, was the tramp? Who was the Tramp? Yeah, what was that guy? Maybe thing? Giovanni Rocco knows. <laughs> Maybe. Giovanni. Giovanni. That was Charlie Chaplin. Oh, oh, Charlie no, Chaplin. it wasn't Chaplin, though. Chaplin did play the... He did the, play the Tramp, though. Yeah, the Tramp. Oh. Yeah. Somebody. Red Skelton. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah. Yep, it was Red Skelton. Oh. Giovanni Rocco, our special guest. The book is called Giovanni's Ring, My Life Inside the Real Sopranos. How you doing, sir? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. Uh, you know, that was, I like the way you said, I'm, I'm doing all well. How are you? Because you set the tone. I like setting the tone. Works for me. The story of a former FBI undercover task force officer who spent years penetrating New Jersey's De Cavalcante crime family, um, the criminal organization known to law enforcement as the Real Sopranos. Now, did, is it true, by the way, that the the Cavalcante family were credited with taking people for a ride. Do you know about that, Giovanni? <laughs> There's a lot of guys in Costa Rica to take people for a ride and never come back. It wasn't just the decals. Most of the families do that. But the, the Cavalcante, the Cavalcante actually means ride. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, applies to, it applies across the board. It applies across the board. You didn't want to go for a ride with some of the guys. So, <laughs> I understand that, Giovanni. Where were you located? New York or New Jersey or where? Uh, I was located in New York, New Jersey area. That the Cavacantes that I was infiltrating blew faced out of New Jersey, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Okay. So, uh, but oh, they're you know they're headquartered out of New York with the, the New York family overseeing them. 
How is that, Javon? I mean, obviously, for people like me, I've only seen it in the movies. You've seen it in real life. It didn't look like it was the safest job to have. How, how did that feel, infiltrating a, a mob family? God. In the beginning, I thought it was going to be pretty cool because, you know, I grew up around this thing and I right. grew up in it being a Hudson County kid and being a you know Jersey City kid. I, I, knew the, I knew the life. I knew my way around it. But when I realized how deep I was going in, um, in the beginning, it was pretty good. And then as I got further and further, because this was not intended to be an organized crime case. This was just a simple, not a simple, it was a federal narcotics case that spun into me infiltrating organized crime. So uh, as we went further right down this rabbit hole, um, the anxiety suffered, the trauma, it sounds crazy, this mental trauma that I went through every day, um, just the, the, the toxic environment that you're getting yourself, yourself into while trying to manage your own family, just intense. Yeah, I can't even imagine, because, I mean, you have to worry about being found out every single second. <coughs> mm-hmm. It could just be Everything a chance encounter. Like, and you're being looked at, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're being looked at. You know, some guys are jealous because you're close to people higher up. And why all of a sudden do you get to be around the higher ups? Well, I've been in this thing my whole life, oh. and I don't get to be around them. So, other you know, when, you, it, when you say people are jealous, people in the family are jealous, or sure, mm-hmm. it's just like it's run like cor- corporate America. Okay. If I come in and I'm, I'm some contractor that came in from the outside, and you know I come into your corporation, I move my way up to the to the CEO or COO, you're going to look at me like you know how did I get here? How the hell did I make my way in? And, right. uh, you know, you've been working your whole life from the mail room up. And you haven't gotten to where I've been, and I, you know, here I am with right under a captain. I come in, and my my captain was a soldier at the time when he got out of prison, and he was just made captain. So uh, you know the stars aligned for the case, but for me, it was a lot of jealousy involved too. So when you're kind of when you're assigned this kind of thing, you're told. I don't understand how you don't give yourself away because you're you're trying to find something out. So your mm-hmm. end game could be sort of obvious because otherwise you're going to be in there forever i, I don't i don't um, really, you, I, yeah you, you could be yeah i just well I, you're, you're going to go where the case takes you any case we ever did you you go where the evidence leads you um, okay. we're not going to just go on a wild goose chase we go in with a purpose and we, we assess it and we evaluate where the case would go and we, we would hope to have a good grasp on it but uh you know, a case, it gets out of control sometimes, and we have to wait and see where these guys are going to bring us, you know. If you start asking, hey, could you introduce me to that guy, Tom? That guy, Tom, is your yeah. friend. Could you introduce yeah. me to him? Well, why, it's got to be Tom. You want to meet Tom, Giovanni. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's got to take forever. Oh, to... Because it's your show. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Giovanni. I appreciate it. <laughs> but doesn't it take forever to get the information then? How long were you undercover with them? Well, this case in particular was a um, it was a long term undercover. What we consider to be a long term, um, it was just shy of three years. Oh, that's wow. too long. Which is unheard of. I'd be yeah. a disaster. A and is it is it hard not to like lose yourself in that three year span where you're Ooh, so yeah. close to the to yeah. the family and you start having those kind of relationships with people? It, it is, especially uh, for me. It was you know, and I'm very raw in my book, and I share those emotions in the book because I want people to understand. What we do is undercovers, you know, how, what we sacrifice. Just to, it's our personal trauma, but it's also the trauma we bring home to our families every day or when we can't get home to our families. By the end of this case, I was living part-time in Las Vegas. I had an apartment in New York, and, you know, I'm trying to get back to my regular, my true-life family when I could. Oh. Um, so there's that balance of just, you know, it's, it's crazy. So did you stay in after it was done? I'm sorry? Did you stay in the force after it was done, or did you, was this the end? No. 
No, this was the end for my career. This forced me. Uh, I went into relocation. Okay. Um, the government Ooh. relocated me wow. because of this case. It was, uh, you know, I was fortunate to have enough time to retire. I was just about that that point in my career. I was nowhere near done. Um, and that, that piles on a little bit of trauma onto me as well and, you know, the anxiety because I wasn't ready to give this job up. I'm a young guy. I would have did this job. This is what I believe in and I believe. Uh, law enforcement was, was my life. You know, I'm third generation. I'm married into law enforcement. So, uh, yeah, we were forced. I, was re I retired and I was relocated. Uh, Giovanni, you and I have something in common. We both, uh, they, somebody gave you the name and gave me the name. They called you Giovanni Gatto. And my nickname when I was a little boy was Top Cat because my voice dropped very deep when I was young. Remember Top Cat, the little, little cartoon character? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. I so you were you were Johnny Cat and I was Top Cat. We we're probably related somewhere. Uh, it all worked out. That's it. How? Where'd you get the name? Where'd you get the name Giovanni Gatto? Um, well, it's personal to me. I mean, you know, uh, oh, Giovanni okay. is the name I grew up. I, right. I grew up with that, you know, um, but there's different names you come up with. Um, and there's tradecraft to creating the names that I, um, that I was taught along the way. Gatto is just something I can familiarize myself with. Um, easy to, easy to spell, easy to remember, you know, don't forget when somebody yells Gatto or Giovanni, your head better turn like it's your real name. Right, so right. You have to pick something, you know. If it doesn't, and you go, oh, who, who are they calling me? You're not deaf. They called you three times, you know? Right. You don't need name. And something like that is enough to set off bells and whistles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah. with the yeah. Internet now, how do you go undercover? So, Ooh, yeah. Good question. Mm, I wish I could tell you all that. Drag me out of my house. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of trade crap involved. So there, there are elements of, you know, like anybody today, though, if you think about it, people could go reinvent themselves on a computer and the Internet, social media in a heartbeat. But yeah. there is a lot of work that goes into it. So, you know, I had different um, different identities, different social security numbers. Giovanni Gatto was not my only identity. This is the identity I use for this in a couple other cases. But. Yeah, I had difficult security numbers, different dates are criminal histories, credit checks to be done. You have to know all of that. So yeah. There's um, a lot that goes How many there. years had it have to go by before you can come out of hiding, so to speak? Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. I mean, you know, That's still safety, a, I don't know. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, can, huh? I can't tell you if he's out or not. You never, <laughs> so, you never exactly. get to get out. That's so does sweet. your book yeah, cover? I don't, I, I don't know. Does your book cover after you after they found out who you were? Does that cover if you had any interchanges with them after? Um, it doesn't really get into the interchanges after or, the, or the, the trial or you know what happened with the police that they put out. Nothing after after the arrest. It covers a little bit of that. Some of the guys, you know, when the takedown happened, um, I know you know from the FBI agents that had done the arrest and at the houses. They were, you know, they reported back to me. Some of my guys, and ultimately I was running a crew for my captain, for Chicago wow. Stangle. I was running his crew. So guys were reporting to me. So much so that his own son was underneath me. Wow. Oh. So yeah. were, you, were you doing collections, or what were you doing as far as the crew goes? Yeah, I, I would I would do the collections from whatever scheme or scam we had going on or whatever I had going on, and I would, you know, fly out to Vegas, and I would kick up to my captain, or he would come to Jersey, and I'd kick up to him. Or, you know, we had other means to mail it. But, uh, yeah, he expected his, his, his piece of it. And whatever I had going on, he wanted to cut. And then that would go up further to whatever he did with that money, whether he kept some or he kicked up some to the administration. That's the way Costa Nostra works. So. I'm getting an anxiety attack just talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Okay. Is, there, is there, like, a moment that sticks out to you as, like, 
that they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm in this undercover where you had to question like your morality of, of what you're doing? No, I think the, the, um, the morality of it, I didn't get hit with until later, but the moment that my aha moment was when he explained to me I was going to kill somebody on behalf of the family. Oh, so I was given yeah. the order to, to yep. take out a guy. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, oh, the, fam- the family Uh-oh. found out. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, great. I was ordered to take out a guy. And hey, Tom, it's, it's the, Cavalcante. No. the Cavalcante on the I phone seriously here. seriously don't that know was how these Kevin that asked that question. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I advised yeah. against asking that question, but Way he asked go, it. Tim. Why don't we take a break here while he's... Uh, uh, yeah, we can do that. We'll while take you're a break trying to right reconnect, because this is really interesting. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust him with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member FDIC and equal housing lender as you know my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow Mike created the new Giza dream bed sheets they look and feel great which means an even better night's sleep for me which is crucial for my busy schedule Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza it's ultra soft and breathable but extremely durable Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. And we're, we're kind of concerned a little bit that our undercover guy, Giovanni Rocco, just, just all of a sudden disappeared. Yeah, right? God. But I'm back. Oh, oh my God. 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 Giovanni, we thought for sure there was a big, I stirred the wrong uh, pot <laughs> or something happened. I my location. <laughs> yeah, no, we're never, never. No, so where did I drop off? Uh, you were just you were answering the question about. Uh, yeah, they asked you to murder somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when he gave me that order to murder somebody, that was when the stress started for me because I know if oh. I didn't carry that order out or if I hesitated in any way or the government declined to do that, then that could be a death sentence for me. Wow. If the administration decided we're not going to go ahead with this, we decided we, you know, there was a little bit of a war brewing in the family at that time, a lot Ooh. of backstory to it. But if the administration pulled the plug on this, this hit, uh, that could be the end of me because I knew about it. You know? to, so. Did you watch The Sopranos? I did. Yeah, I'm a Jersey guy. How did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I loved it. 
I loved it. You know, it was great. I mean, it was our, no matter what was going on in our life on a Sunday night, we needed to sit in front of that TV and, you know, you hear that music and then your heart starts pumping, you know, you didn't know what was coming up next. And, right. You know, for me, it's a lot of, I, I identify with a lot of it. And then uh, to live that, that was the hardest part. Like, um, when I got, when I went on the record with the family and, and my captain introduced me to the bosses in the administration, that was like driving onto the set of a Sopranos episode. Because mm. I met at the pork store, we came around a corner oh in Elizabeth, God. New Jersey, and, and that was uh, yeah. There was a lot of emotions flowing there. Wow, what an amazing and, story! You know, James Gandolfini he passed during this case. So when I tried to go home and decompress, you know, they would have tributes to him on HBO, and I would flip through the channels looking for something just to unplug and unwind, and right. boom, you hit with a Sopranos episode. So were you in it during the Sopranos? I was in it now afterwards. I came uh, in uh, okay. 2012, this case started. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, what a story this is. Giovanni, honestly, God, what a great story. I, I you know, I got to be honest with you. Sitting there, because I went to, I was a nice Catholic schoolboy myself, if you know what I mean. So I was around it. But what I loved about The Sopranos the most is he would remind me of a lot of the fathers in my neighborhood where I grew up. Like that time he's, he's been, he was owed money by an Hasidic Jew. And the guy didn't gonna, wasn't going to pay him the money, so he pinned him up against the wall, and Tony Soprano goes, listen, here's ZZ Top. See, that reminded me so much of my old neighborhood. It was I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of isms in this case. A lot of I heard a lot of that stuff. I you got to come up with some one-liners, you know. <laughs> and you can't help I, I, I have a habit of it. To, my, to this day, I still come up with one-liners, and, you know, my friends look at me like, where do you get this stuff? <laughs> Well, hey, it's good. The Paulie Walnuts, you know. Oh, Paulie Walnuts was as good as it got. Hey, the fact that he would steal a coffee pot from uh, from Starbucks because they stole the idea of making espresso. coffee from Italians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did it bother you at all that people kind of, uh, you know, liked The Sopranos or, you know, thought it was a good thing? Um, yeah, you know, you don't want to see any criminal organization be glorified, but... You know, I think people, they reach on to something. And in my neighborhood, I'm, listen, I'm a cop's kid, so I knew growing up that the cops couldn't take care of it in my neighborhood. It's gonna, you, You're going to get street justice either mm -hmm. way. So if you came into my old neighborhood, you know, if the cops couldn't take care of it, and, and the mob guys would, they'll make it right. You know. So um, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Hudson County in uh, you know, Jersey City, Bayonne, Hoboken. I grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey. That's okay. my neighborhood. So um, I was surrounded by it since birth. I mean, you know, these guys were long before uh, the John Gotti images came along. You know, I grew up around the guys like John DiGilio and Tino Fumara and all the old Genovese sure. guys. So uh, I knew that whole lifestyle. Yeah, I grew so up I in Rhode Island. I some of these guys' backyards. You know? Yeah. I grew right. up in Rhode Island, so we had the Patriarchas, and I remember people yeah. talking about them and seeing him walking down the street. And he had the biggest funeral that Rhode Island's ever seen. Oh, yeah, yep. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And these, my guys had ties to, you know, my captain had ties to Patriarca. Yep. I mean, they had ties all over. He had ties across the across the country and into Italy, back to the old world. So these guys, it still runs that way today. Giovanni? They're a little, they're a little bit more underground, yes. Living in the area like that, I mean, so close to New York City, I mean, you're in New Jersey, you're in New York, all the rest of it. Were you ever scared that somebody would recognize you, who you really yeah. were, when mm -hmm. you went to dinner? Oh, yeah, all the time. I I, my head was on a swivel. Oh. Um, but at this point, I had lived a life of undercover work long enough where not too many people had seen me. Even my, my own police department where I used to work, they, they wouldn't recognize me. There were so many kids, you know, coming up. But there was a time when one of the guys in, in the organization had 
we were doing a drug deal and he needed to pick up my product from me. And again, it was one of those things where just jump in the car, let's go. Well, where are we going? You know, just jump in. So yeah. we he jumped in the car and where are we heading? It's not a 20 minute ride. And he brought me right back to my old neighborhood in Bayonne. Right back. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, so that was one of those. Yeah, why don't, why don't I wait here and you run in and get the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that would be like my biggest fear. Like you're just out to eat and some random like old high school friend yeah. comes yeah. up yeah. and calls you by your actual name. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You have to be real careful. So, Jumang, when you got in now, you were already married at the time. Did you have children at the time when you first got in? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how yep, was I was that warned by them? my wife this was going to be the end. How was it for them? Yeah, how was it for them? It could be tough, I would imagine. Yeah, my wife had done some undercover work as well when we had met. Uh, she was law enforcement, and, you know, take her to leave it. She was smart enough. She left it behind. But, um, you know, she warned me this was going to be detrimental to our family. This is not going to end well for us. And But me and the addiction I had to this, this line of work and my, my addiction to adrenaline, I wanted to, I was, I was all in. So there was no slowing me down there, but it did. I mean, you know, it, it popped up and I talk about it in the book where I was in a, uh, at a soccer game for my young daughter at the time. And one of the Gambino guys that I was doing business with in another family, he was there at the soccer game and his oh. daughter was playing my daughter. Oh, oh and, my uh, yeah. God. And, so that was about as close as you can get. And then after that, we decided that was early on. And then after that, we decided that was it. There's no more public appearances as a family for us. Wow. So, you know, I, I would try to slide in and slide into a restaurant when we went out to eat. But, you know, it was really strange. Think about parking your car and watching your wife with a stroller and another kid and, you know, pushing these things. And then one kid is having a meltdown. You can't run up and help them. Oh, so yeah. that causes a lot of strife in your marriage. It's like, you know, this is this, this case is destroying us. Then I'm never there. You know, I'm always living someplace else, so it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. God, I would imagine so. Now, would would they have been considered part of the operation? I mean, the fact that you were with your family and you're the guy in the in the business with you has got his family. Was was your family looked at as just part of who you were? No, no. My persona was Giovanni Gatto. I didn't have a family. I was a runaround guy. Um, you know. I was just a, a wild. I didn't like kids. I didn't want to ever have kids. That was the person oh, that I took okay. on. Well, that's uh-huh. a good idea so, because yeah, they yeah. could hurt the family if right. they did something right. like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. can never introduce your true mm-hmm. family. You know, no. you can never introduce the fact that because we don't have undercover babies either. So yeah, undercover babies. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be an undercover right. baby. That would have been great. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking to Giovanni Rocco. Giovanni's ring. My life inside the real Sopranos. Um, as far as the sense of humor of the Sopranos, was there a whole lot of that in the Cavalcante family? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we sat around some of the, the belly laughs and the stuff. Like I said before, the one-liners that they came out with, and just that was the best part. When they all came to my office, or we were all sitting around, or you know, just the just being around these guys were hysterical. You know, just the, the the things they said. Some of them were not the most educated, so some of the things they said sure. were just out of this world. You know. Um, like really sometimes stupid. they didn't have a good grasp of the English language and they would just come up with different words and you know they were just the isms were unbelievable was there a connection to Italy in the same way that there's in the Sopranos oh yeah yeah we were that was explained to me right out of the gate um, when my captain explained to me once he realized I was going to be with him and I was going to represent him as his mouthpiece he explained all of that to me and how it goes back to the old world and how they used to, well, they you know, they bring in zips from the old world, okay. which you saw in the Sopranos, the guys they flew yep. in from Italy. Yep. You know, they still did that. They did it for years, and they still do it today if they have to. 
Hmm. Um, one of the cases prior to this case, I worked in organized crime. They flew guys in from Italy to meet us as well. So, you know, we, that still goes on. Well, Giovanni, on television, they'll have you believe all these shows and all the rest of it. That uh, ever since John Gotti, that the the mafia is not really together anymore. That they broke it all up, and it, that's not true, is it? I mean, they, there's still a lot of organized crime out there. Yeah, it's a lot of there's a ton of organized crime, just as it was before. It's as strong as it ever was, and it infiltrates right. every branch of government or unions or jobs or whatever it did. Bookmaking, still the scams are still there. The media might not cover it as much because there's no sexiness to it right now. But you'll see up and coming. The Colombo family is having some issues in the news. The Philly crime family is having some issues in the news. And it, they're always there. They'll always build back. Were you, were you surprised by any of the things you found out as far as how deep tentacles were into government or into other parts? Um, I was. And in my case, there was a law enforcement leak early on, and we didn't know where it was coming from. And that caused us a bit of heartache. Um, the worst thing is, is when you have one of your own turning on you. Sure. And, then, you know, especially inside the Bureau, we didn't know where it was coming from. It turned out it wasn't coming from within the Bureau, but we didn't know where it was. So we had to even look at our own house. So that's hard, you know, when you think of the possibilities of somebody leaking information in safety, because it would cost me and my family our lives if it ever got out. Oh, yeah. Um, if these guys decided to strike out. So, yeah, there was a law enforcement leak and it, you know, eventually came out and, and it was through my captain's. A uh, family member who was leaking the information back to the family. They knew oh, they were being looked at. Geez. Not by an undercover, just by that that the law enforcement is taking a shot at them at some level of government. Wow. God, how often do you wake up in the middle of the night and, and did you go, my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> I, yeah. And give you a look yeah, I did that uh, often. I did it often because I realized, yeah. you know, I was missing time with my family. I was missing, you know, and God forbid I, I laid my life down and something went wrong at the end when I was supposed to whack this guy out for them um he got whispers of a little bit and you know was he going to strike at me to try to send a message to my captain there was a lot of that so yeah the night terrors were there you know even after the case i, I suffered a great deal of you know trauma and the night terrors would come and you know you just you just push through it well yeah because you have to be paranoid because you have to be right. paranoid mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well in that world it's good to be paranoid yeah so it's good to yeah. play it off if i asked a guy you know well, why hold on a minute you know what are you asking me to do here you know in one case my guys wanted me to hijack a load a truck and they wanted to pistol whip the guard and set it all up and you know and then i thank goodness they were reporting to me and they were pitching the kid the job to me so i was able to go back and so this is what you want to do you want to pistol whip this poor guard you want to leave him bleeding you know how, how good does this play out for us let's think about it you know for me, evidentiary purposes, it was great because I was able to regurgitate everything on tape. But, um, yeah, at times you can question guys. You know, that certain, they all have a certain level of paranoia. They all mm. think they're being looked at. Yeah, that makes sense. Giovanni, by the way, your, the ratings on your book are huge, man. People love this book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Hold on. And I did notice, well. very, very smart on your part, there's no picture of you on the front of the book. <laughs> yeah, and I guess you're not going on book yeah. tours. <laughs> No right. book, no book signings well, at Barnes no, and Noble. No going to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, and when like you're being told you have to murder somebody or they want to pistol whip a guard, is there a, obviously there's a team of people working with you? Do you have to run that by people for approval, or is it like you just ask for forgiveness? Like, what's the process of what's the line I can cross while undercover? Well, we have what's called a certain level of criminal authority that's just, that's given to us by the government. They allow us to don't do we certain all? Things. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially politicians. But of course, you don't have. You know, I'm, I'm not going to pistol whip somebody just to get bona fides for you, so we could do a criminal case. They don't allow anything like that. 
but yeah, when he told me I was going to do the, you know, he's going to propose me to do the hit. Um, yeah, okay. Sounds good. You know, right then and there, of course I agreed to do it. You know, if I had sure. to pull out mm-hmm. then we would end the case right away, but I had to go back and tell my supervisors, yeah, okay. Uh, forget all the other things we're doing. We're now, we bumped it up to murder. You know, now we're doing murder. So I had to mitigate the murder and stretch it out and get as much evidence as I could instead of just pulling a plug on a case right there. And then again, as an experienced undercover, you can do that. You know, um, I was very mature. Thank God I had 20 plus years doing undercover work because I was able to manage it by then. Wow. I don't well, know if a young guy would have the, the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking wow. you should have you should have made an appearance in that new Sopranos movie that uh, that prequel, but because nobody would have known it was you anyway. It would have been perfect. They wouldn't have, right? Right. That you know, like Joe Stone, he was in Donnie Brasco, right? Little, you know, right. little thing in his right. Yeah. I think it'd be one. No, nobody called me to do one, so unfortunately, it didn't happen. Well, that's because you don't. They don't know who you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they can't they find you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I, I I cannot wait to read the book. I'm looking at the book right now. Giovanni's Ring, My Life Inside the Real Sopranos. Giovanni Rocco with Douglas Schofield. What a story, Giovanni. Once in a while, I would like to reach out to you and just kind of get an update on how things are going, how you're doing. <clears throat> I would love that. Absolutely, I love it. Yeah, I gotta ask you anytime. one. Can I ask you a smart ass question? Smart ass question. Sure, go ahead. Okay. You know, uh, DiGiorno pizza. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know that they're putting out a new macaroni and cheese pizza. What do you think of that, Giovanni? <laughs> I gotta get your take on that one. You 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 lost me at DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. That was the answer, Giovanni. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, you could feel the disdain for the, for the second you, you just put me in. You just put me in a sweat. <laughs> Breaking out of sweat and getting clammy. Who, Giovanni, who's going to come up with a macaroni and cheese pizza? I'm guessing kids would love that. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a new concept. No, that's, it's not. No, no, it's not. not. Oh, yeah. 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 They've had those oh, at restaurants and they do. Yeah. Oh, you think about they had the I have a question vodka. for They have the vodka, penne vodka pizza. Penne <laughs> vodka. Yeah. I'll take my vodka in a bottle, please. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a completely separate question, and I, I, I ask this. It's not. I'm not asking you politically. I'm just asking you from from perspective of what you did and what they're doing. You're hearing lots of different stories now about you know FBI infiltration and things that they've done, and people getting upset because the FBI was involved in things. Do you look at that different than what you did? with the uh, crime family or does that is that the same type of stuff if you understand what i'm asking i i think i understand what you're asking you're under, you're asking in a way of the schools and all that well the you know you've got the, the the what happened in dc and people got upset with the fbi that were were infiltrating there i'm just wondering and again it's i'm not asking you politically i'm just asking you from right. the position of of what you've done and what you're seeing do you see infiltration different now or do you see it as the same type of tool? Um, it's it's the same type of tool, infiltration, but it's what you use it for. The, the the tool of undercover work and the undercover craft that we have, it's the last tool in our toolbox, and it should not just be used for any reason. It shouldn't just be thrown at something Thank because you. we want to try to get in here. It it really has to be the last thing we use. You know, it should be the last thing we we pull out of that toolbox. So. The FBI has enough things to worry about on its plate where we don't have to get involved in low-hanging fruit. There's plenty of great organizations in law enforcement that can handle that type of stuff. At the local, state, and other federal agencies, I don't think the FBI needs to get involved in that type of stuff. We have, en- we have enough problems around the world that they could look at in the country nationally. 
you know, internationally trying to come in. Amen. There's enough work to be had. And they don't need to be dipping their hand in everything. Did you feel supported by your by by the 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 police the whole time, as far as even at the end? Um, I was supported. I felt supported in a way of my safety and family. I think looking at it later on, they looked at the liability end of it. I think they realized there was a lot of liability on their plate that they needed to get off. So, um, and then after it was all said and done, and, and we got to where we were, kind of like the way I was shut off. You know, if you watch the end of Donnie Brasco, you're given a check. Right. You know, right. you're given a check for whatever, 250 bucks or whatever they gave him at that time. Um, that's the resounding. And I've reached out to guys that have done this type of work, and I thought it was something that I did. And again, it caused a lot of grief with me. It caused a lot of depression in me because I thought, you thought I was the cream of the crop. You know, you thought I was the best in the program, one of the best in this program that they had. And they would tell me that, and then all of a sudden I'm unplugged and I'm on a man on an island. So what did I do wrong? But it was my the guys that came before me that I reached out that did this, this level of work and they were like, no, nah, don't worry about it. It happens to all of us. You know, we cause them too much grief and they just, they just want to get ready as soon as they can. So at least I knew I was, you know, it wasn't something I did. Well, could, could anybody really be used again? I mean, once you've gone through it and once you've gone that deep, I mean, is there even a way to, that could be done again? Yeah, I've done some big cases. This is, you know, this is a pretty big case. It's the most in-depth I've done that long-term, but I've done other long-term cases. You, um, I've infiltrated some, some heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't the, yeah, the, the organized crime and the way I did this was the biggest long-term, but I've, I've come out as other identities and other people. Yeah, no problem at all. You, okay. can, wow. you can be recycled. Giovanni, okay. I want to reach out to you because I do a local morning show in town. I've been doing it for decades. I'd love to have you on that morning show as well. You would, our audience would love hearing hearing your story, no doubt about it. No. So I, I just, love the opportunity. I will reach yeah. out. To, by the way, if you ever do another book, you got to do me a personal favor. You say this is for Tom. The name of the new book is "You Lost Me at DiGiorno." <laughs> <laughs> How about this? I'll send you a copy of the book, and I'll, I'll put a little thing in it. You lost me at DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I already bought the book, but yeah, if you would send me another book, I, I would sure. love to get that. Man. So I'd have two copies of your book now because I already have the other. Absolutely. One. With a picture of me holding a box of DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> with, with that look on your face. I'm gonna put it right up on a studio wall yeah. if you do that. I I'm going to put it right on the studio wall. Giovanni, hopefully we can talk again soon. This this has been a great conversation. Our audience loves this conversation. I appreciate your time today, sir. Great. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Giovanni Rocco, ladies and gentlemen. See, that's the kind of guest I just love. I I can talk to him all day day long. I can't even imagine. I can't. I can't. can't. It takes a certain type. Well, yeah. first of all, I can't yeah. keep track of lies. I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, God. <laughs> you would do what did I tell you the other day, sir? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was at the soccer t- mm-hmm. game yesterday with my kid. Wait a minute, I don't have right. any kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to ruin his book, but you wonder how many things he did. You oh, know? I yeah. can't even and imagine. Then, you know, when he said his wife was undercover, too. Yeah. yeah. A female undercover has got to be a different deal altogether. Oh, um, yeah. You know? No, you thank you. Uh, I mean, I I know that I know it's something that needs to be done. <clears throat> oh yeah. But I yeah. the type of person I mean he didn't he obviously thought he was the type of person that could do it but mm-hmm. he had yeah. a lot of repercussions mm-hmm. for doing it too. I just wonder what he meant uh, that he did other operations too. Well, I'm happy to do that. We don't want to get him shot, do we? Well, but, well, but after you want to push the envelope. <laughs> after you testified, after you testified 
It seems like you'd be done. You would think so. Yeah. Well, he was undercover for 26 years. I don't think, the, I don't, yeah, years? I don't think really? the crime families were doing a lot of intermingling socially. No, but but at the same time, like you can't like sweep everybody up in the arrest. So it's like there's got to be somebody out there that there's yeah, a potential that he could, could be recognized. Yeah. But a Jersey guy's not going to suddenly show up in Rhode Island or Massachusetts or no, and, but, no, and move funny. up. I mean, you well, can. Well, they can. What, what did he call them? Zips. Yeah. Well, the zips, zips come yeah. from Italy. Those yeah, are the guys I mean, you bring they in. They bring in new people. people so. Right, but they come in and kill somebody right, and leave. And that's leave. what a zip does. Oh, that's yeah. what a zip is. Yeah. I did Gotta not get your zip know. straight. It's the guys that wear the all leather black jackets and come in with the gloves and yeah. boom. Yeah. And, and then, then they, and they shot the wrong they guy they, oh. when they didn't shoot Phil Leotardo the way they're supposed to. They wrecked everything. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you know when I said that to him about I grew up a nice Catholic boy myself. You guys always kind of go oh whatever you have to remember that my neighborhood was not like where you grew up and but you probably michael was probably the same we only had the jewish mafia in yeah, Minnesota. Had the, yeah, we didn't right. have the <laughs> italian some irish mafia. did some irish mafia, mafia. Irish mafia here too, yeah. too yeah. yeah but you have to remember michael forte and i went to school together at saint joseph and his brother rocco became the fire chief in the minneapolis fire department right well because his name was rocco he had to be you have to understand it. it's a true story their father was an organ grinder. Do you know what an organ like grinder is? Organ? No, no, no. The guy with the, they would turn the crank on the little oh, music. What's a monkey? What's a monkey? What's a monkey? Like a real or old-fashioned. He had the bellboy cap on the monkey and the whole deal. You he know, had the, if you'd wow. given me like three minutes, I could have given him a complete story. Yeah, about what he did? Like, what are you trying to, to grind a monkey? Okay, okay my, in my defense, my mind was in like mafia mode. Yeah. Like, they, okay, yeah. he, he killed somebody. We got to grind these organs. But he hide bodies. had the long curled mustache. Wow. And the whole deal. Oh. He was an the organ grinder Mama deal. Mia, I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. On my own, you look horrible. In my own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd also be curious because when he's talking about like all the schemes they ran and stuff, like when they built the American Dream Mall out in New Jersey, because at the time I was working in the House of Comedy, they were going to put a comedy club right. there. Oh. And the mall yeah. kept getting delayed because as they would like dig up the swamp to build the mall, they'd be like, we found another dead body. investigate this. Like, what do you expect? I'd be curious to see if he was uh, had any part in any of those Did bodies. you watch... Sopranos at all? Uh, no, I've okay. honestly never seen Cause, one episode. Cause of well, now you're gonna have to watch. They would get these like little scams. They had mm. all these little scams, and you'd work a scam, and then you'd pay your boss some percentage yeah. of what your scam was. So mm. when he's talking about <coughs> all those little things, those are all little deals that they yeah. got going on, from you know, beating up gardeners to you right. know, like stealing like whatever from construction sites. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got to tell you one thing as we go to break here. They were a lot older than me, so I can say this. But Michael and Rocco's sisters were really pretty. <laughs> I will tell you that. But they were a lot older than me, so, you know, what are you going to do? Good to know. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice family. That's all Not I'm saying. Not a risk Catherine. Not a risk full disclosure. It was a very nice family. That's all I'm saying. They were very, well, again, they became fire chief. That's pretty important. Imagine having the ability to see your wife with a whole bunch of Where little kids we? and having problems and going, yeah, I wish I could help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. For too bad for you. Too bad. If it wasn't for the mafia, I would be helping you. Yeah. you know? No. For any listeners wondering why Tom is sleeping on the couch today. <laughs> no, I said they were waiting. Younger there than me, I was a little boy, but I remember how they were younger I was. than no, you, older. and you were older. a little boy. No, it's kind of younger than they. No, okay. no you did. Just said no, they were you a said lot younger older. than me. I think we should move on. Yeah, for the yeah. Next. I think we, we should. should. Okay, coming up in the next <laughs> hour. Else. Coming up in the next Kostaki. hour, we've got Kostaki dealing with the Greek mafia. So oh, that'll no. be good. We got it all covered today. Kostaki <laughs> will be with us in the second hour, right after this.